When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Times she was really negative with John. I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> yes, <I can laughs> so sorry, everyone. I thought you had a really nice time playing Hamilton. She just wants to kill everyone. Well, not really the case, but... It's King George, the inner King George coming out of me. Exactly, method. What happened to Joel? He became a serial killer. Oh, okay. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, well, what can you do? He's got a lovely cape, though. Yeah. He made us a, great, he made us a great coffee. Yes, lovely coffee. <laughs> I guess we start then. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Yes. You haven't heard it. So this is three in a bar. Oh yeah. <laughs> Mixing things up this week. <laughs> We've done away with the theme sheen this week. It'll be back though. Just for a, for a laugh. <laughs> Anyone who likes singing along to it at the beginning is feeling a little bit disappointed. <laughs> it'll be back. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. It'll be back. It'll be back. We thought it'd be nice to just stick a little, um, little teaser of the conversation at the very beginning of the show. To wet your whistle, set up the kind of. Uh, mm, <laughs> I, I try not to use the word vibe too much, but um, but vibe. <laughs> go on, <laughs> go, why not? Go on, it's all right. <laughs> the tone, the tone, tone that's of right. Yeah, the tone. We uh, we chatted to to Joel Montague, didn't we? Yeah. Newly Sorry. crowned. <laughs> that was the worst <laughs> introduction to someone ever. Yeah, it was so downbeat, wasn't it? Oh, Joel Montague. No, but he's um he is the newly crowned King George the Third in Blooming Hamilton. Yeah. He's big news. That's right. <laughs> he is. He's he does a lot of good stuff three times a night on stage at oh, Victoria right. Palace. He, he does say he does call himself the laziest person in in the west end he does say that but i think that's a bit Something unfair like really well yeah he, <laughs> you're not seeing that the legwork he's put in backstage behind the behind the scenes over <laughs> the years but he's um he's got a nice little gig hasn't he yeah i mean that's great he comes on for those little short bursts and kind of steals the show to some extent yeah yeah uh we yeah we went to his house uh actually not his house was it no should we say whose house it was I think he says it, so I think it's fine to say it's his girlfriend, yeah. who is um, West End's beloved Carrie Hope Fletcher. Now, that was a better introduction <laughs> than what I gave Joel. <laughs> oh, sorry, Joel. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks, Carrie and Joel, for having us in that house. We chatted to him on uh, Monday this week. Um, sorry, a little bit late getting this one out, but um, we've, uh, we've got lives to live. And time pressures. We didn't, have, we didn't have anything in the can. So um, we talked to Joel about a bunch of stuff. I mean, he's done, he, he's one of those, um, more than a triple threat, really, because he, well, he dances, sings, acts, and he also does like producing and directing. Oh, yeah, he does. Um, he's mega into Disney and football. That's right. I remember that from before, because we, we met him originally when Verity and I did Funny Girl in the West End six years ago now. Yeah. And yeah. Um, he, he played 
Oh, I don't know what character it was. Do you I remember? feel like he was called Eddie. Is that right? Eddie. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think it is. He was kind of like the best friend kind of foil to Sheridan Smith, wasn't he? You know? Yeah, Fanny Bryce. Uh, so yeah, he was um, yeah with Sheridan. So we we took a little bit about about her working with her and all kinds of stuff really um yeah he holds our hand and takes us behind the scenes tells us what really goes on backstage in in people's minds and <laughs> and in their bodies uh, what am i talking about he does <laughs> and uh and you know to say that we go off on a few tangents would be fair wouldn't it yeah we go we go, we go on a an interesting journey in this interview you know, he says ranting, I'd say just passionate views and, and they cover many, <laughs> many things. Um, <laughs> towards the end, we have quite an impassioned chat about the royal family, for example. But I feel like as King George, <laughs> that's that's well within his rights, isn't it? <laughs> it's kind of related. <laughs> it was. <laughs> so enjoy this chat with Joel Montague and we'll be back in your ears afterwards. <laughs> Thanks for letting us come up here to your lovely home. Great. It's really nice um, and it's looking very festive. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not my home. It's my lovely other half's home, Carrie. So she's responsible for all the decoration, the bats. There are a lot of bats. She loves Halloween. She loves Halloween. It's her favourite holiday. So the date today is the 26th of September. (laughs) It's a whole season though, isn't it? it She's ready, you know. After the summer, she's like, I think it's like, she says 1st of September... Yeah. The Halloween decorations come up. So wow. I was like, okay, listen, I was like, I'm down. She, so it's a, it's a um, month. Oh, sorry, I'm carry on. I was just going to say, she's ahead of Sainsbury's. Yeah, I don't she think is. they even. She is. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if, if, yeah, if Carrie was like to open a supermarket there, she'd be the person to be like, oh my God, they've got Christmas decorations up in June. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be like, that'd be what would happen. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah for sure. So does that mean you'll have to be off on uh, Monday the 31st? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I think Hamilton will have something to say about that. But, um, yes. oh, you haven't booked that no, holiday. No. I think, you know, actually, Carrie's away. She's away. She's on holiday. Oh, is she? She's on holiday then, yeah. Oh, her, no she, her and the family, their family are going to Florida. Oh, lovely! What's so, a Disney Disney World? Yeah, they're going to Disney. They're big, really. Yes, yeah, part of. Um, I mean, this whole interview is now me talking about me and Carrie. Sorry, <laughs> uh, it's kind of like it's one of our things that we love. We're big Disney fans, but obviously, I because um, we only sort of started seeing each other this year. Like everything, your whole year is sort of planned, isn't it? Mm. So when you're in what, whether you're a musician or whatever, you try and sort of plan your year and plan when you've got your breaks. So um, before that happened, I was like, okay. I'll look after the cat. Oh. <laughs> but it was all way pumped for. I watched Disney so. Plus. I watched Disney Plus. I feel like I'm there in spirit. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I haven't been to the Florida or Disney World. Have you been to any of them? I've been to Paris. Ooh. And you need to go to Florida, dude. Yeah? Yeah. It's a different grade. Is it? Paris, really? is, Paris is amazing. Paris yeah. is great, actually. Yeah. A lot of people used to slate Paris. <laughs> now the interview's about Disney. <laughs> um, a, lot, a lot of people used to slate Paris just because I think when it was Europe, made European, I think people had a bit of a... You know, oh. like, oh, it's not, well, Disney's American, but... Euro Disney. Yeah, but mm. it's great. Like, the whole thing's great. Yeah, funnily enough, I used to teach somebody who's whose mum was a, a family member of somebody who set up Disney. Oh, wow. Not Walt Disney, but, you Like know, one of the 12, one of the famous 12. Must have been one of the famous Don't ask 12. me to name all, I won't remember more. But yeah, the famous 12. Sleepy, right, grumpy. grumpy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You went in. There's, there's, there's five more. Um, no, yeah. there's, there's 12, yeah, sort of 12 guys that kind of created 
well, yeah. were sort of Walt's right-hand men oh. to create <gasps> Disney World and what it like what we know as the parks and stuff now. Yeah. They were like all the brains behind the operations to kind of create Walt's vision in LA originally and then oh, that wow. was 1955, wasn't it? 55, yeah, and I think I think Disney World opened in 71. Yeah. Yeah. Good knowledge. You knew it. <laughs> yeah. It's 30 years from Paris. So Paris opened 30 years last year. So what was that? 90 something? 90, oh, 91, 92, maybe. That was yeah. 30 years ago. Yeah, oh, my God. 91, yeah. yeah. No. Um, she <clears throat> used to say Paris was her favourite. They came from LA. Who? And she said, this woman whose dad was one of the 12, we think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because um, the castle's the best. Oh, she just said it was yeah. amazing. Oh. So the castles are re- Yeah, they're really good. Yeah. They're, they're just very... I think it's weird because I think compared to the LA Disney, I love that we're talking about Disney. Yeah. Uh, literally, like, <laughs> I brought the whole interview needs to be about Disney. Um, <laughs> That's fine. Like, LA was... Because it because it was Walt's vision originally, it was such a small park, and then obviously when he was like, "I want to create a Disney World," I think Magic Kingdom, the one in Florida, is like double, triple the size of the original. It's massive. It's huge. They're, they're, they're the humongous parks, but the LA one's tiny. Oh really? Yeah, they're really. It's a really tiny park. Oh, I want to go. Mm. I want to go. The are original castles are They've got the same like Thunder Mountain and, and kind Space of Mountain within reason. But the the original because I only recently went out to LA with um, a friend of mine, Priya, and we were just out there for for sort of. She was seeing friends or whatever. She literally was like, "Do you want to come out?" I was like, "Listen, as long as we get to go to Disney, like I'm <laughs> out." And we sort of just walked around. We didn't really do loads of rides, but we walked around and then we stood outside the castle. And we're like, this castle is tiny compared to. The others, so, so tiny, but yeah, it's, oh. it's a matter. I mean, I'm a huge Disney fan. Can so. you stay in those castles? So the LA one, no, I don't think there's anything in the LA one. So Walt has a flat, an apartment in the original Disney world, which is above the firehouse. So if you walk through main street and you see the firehouse, there's a light, a little yeah. lamp that's kept on the window uh, in memory of him. Oh, that's oh. Nice. So there's loads of different things. But there was another apartment in LA above Pirates of the Caribbean, which is supposed to be secret that no one knows about. That was supposed to be another one of his. And then in the castle in Florida, there's an actual apartment in the castle, no. which was originally for Walt. And then obviously now, I think you like enter like a competition and you can get to stay in it, but it's very like minimal that you get to stay in it. You, I don't think you can pay to stay in it. I think it's like a thing where you have to win. So it's like kind of like when people used to have Nando's cards. Yeah, I mean, that? if someone told me that I could stay in that castle for one night, I would never stop going on about it. Like, <laughs> I probably wouldn't try and, I'd probably want, like, literally, like, lock myself in a safe so I don't I feel leave. like you should do a shout out for that. Like, right now, I'm not Literally, sure if anyone's <laughs> listening to this podcast, for real, I need to be in that castle. Yeah, sure. Yeah, too right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a king now, aren't you? So. I, well, I've got a right to be in a castle, yeah. And Hamilton's on Disney now, so... Hamilton's... That's a really good segue. Yeah, we can talk about the show. No, let's, uh, get, back, let's get back to <laughs> so Disney. So we're going to rewind. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, Hamilton... Yeah, Hamilton's on Disney+, Plus, which is weird because I think... I think it's amazing. I think that original cast is unbelievable. I think the thing that's quite hard for Hamilton as a whole is a lot of people that I've spoken to that have never seen the show have gone, oh, I watched it on Disney+, Plus, and I'm like, it's not the same. Like, it's just not the same. Theatre is not made... It's like the Funny Girl recording. You look at it and I'm like, it's brilliant, but it's still not the same. Mm, And being in a theatre and actually experiencing the atmosphere of a live orchestra. And and also, when you're at home, you can go and do the washing or do the ironing or make a cup of tea. And it's like, I don't really want to do that if I'm watching a... You know, you don't really see that in an audience at the Victoria Palace. Someone just like, oh... Not usually. 
I'll just go and make a cup of tea for myself. And then yeah. during my song, I'm like, can you uh, just, uh, can you not put the kettle on? During, yeah. during well, I'll song, have one too. Just yeah. Like, just pass it around the rest of them. Like, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. But uh, that, I mean, did you see the original cast on Broadway? No. no. So here's a story for both of us, because we all know Michael Mayer. So yes. Director. Director of Funny Girl. So when we were doing it at the Chocolate Factory, when me and you were working together, Seb, the th- we had three weeks off before we went to Savoy, before you joined us, Verity. So... I was then, I went to New York and Lynn and Becky Howell were putting out, putting up American Psycho during that time. So they'd left us at Funny Girl and then they were opening American Psycho and then coming back for us to do the put-in for, for uh, at the Savoy. So Bex was like, why don't you just come and stay in my, my apartment? They've put me up in an apartment and I was like, brilliant. So I went out and like stayed and stayed with her for like a week, which was brilliant. And then um, I ended up, Bugging Michael, like, please get me a ticket to Hamilton. Like, please. It, it was at the time when it had just opened. So it was like mm. gold dust to mm. get a ticket. I was like, please, please, please. I was like, come on. You know, Jonathan, you know, so many people get me a ticket. He relentlessly wound me up about how I couldn't see this show. He, he actually, in fairness to him, he did try to get me a ticket, but didn't. But when I was out there, he went to watch it and then texted me and was like, Oh, I just watched Hamilton. I was like, no. Michael, I swear to God, <laughs> if I did not love you, <laughs> I think I would kill you. Yeah. So, um, and then he was like taking pictures backstage. I was like, Michael, this is not the time. <laughs> no. Yeah, but, um, Very no. So I kind of met them. Uh, I, I kind of obviously met with Michael and stuff. And then the next time I went, I was he was able to get me in touch. So I saw the second cast who were out there who were yeah. like, it was like Brandon Victor Dixon and Javier, who was Lynn's original oh, yeah. cover. There, it's a, it was an amazing cast. It's yeah. still amazing, but it's just the show as a whole is just you can't explain it to people. I don't think it's. I also think it's unfair because I think the gravitas of what it is as well overshadows how good it actually is. I think I was like, oh, because you know how some people are like, I don't like it because everyone else loves it, and I'm like, well, they like it for a reason because it is actually the product is very good, no matter who you put in it. The product is, it's gold. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's really difficult. How long have you been in there now? About three months. Ah, so do you feel quite bedded in? I mean, it's really hard as a king to kind of feel bedded in because Mm. he does nothing. He's lazy. (laughs) Like, it is the laziest job in the West End. And, um, And then you actually, what's funny is I was actually off recently with my voice. Um, I was just, I just lost my voice. But for me, I felt so much pressure because I was like, hang on a second, I do like 20 minutes work in the show, but the th- the, but the only thing I need is my voice. So if I lose it, I-, I can't do the job, which is embarrassing because compared to other shows that I've done, when I'm cartwheeling and jumping into splits and now I'm like, all I have to do is walk and sing. <laughs> when you lose it, you feel more guilt because you're like, well, hang on a second, this, job's e- this job is easy compared to what I've done before. But... It's just a different entity, really. Yeah, because it's a massively impactful moment when yeah. each time you're on. Yeah, he is. It's a big moment. Yeah, it is. And he's written so well to be like that. But it's the kind of the the pressure of people that have played it before and the expectancy, it can get to you a little bit. Yeah. I think you feel it like, it's not that you like you put yourself on a pedestal, but you're like, I have to be on my A game because people expect... It's not that you can have a weak Hamilton or a weak Burr. You can't. But it, there's just something about the king, I think, especially in the UK. They expect him to be funny. 
So it's like a little bit of, oh my God, he's brilliant. Make us laugh. Mm. And I'm like, ah, like I'm not, I can do comedy, but I'm not a comedian. Do you know what I mean? It's a very different sort of ball game. Sorry. Yeah, because you've got, um, you're very still when, when you come on. Though. It's t- I can't move, to Seb. You can't move. I literally cannot move. Like, I'm going to tell you that the costume, so the costume is quite restrictive anyway, because you have like, I'll go through the whole thing. So obviously you have, your, you have your pants and you have your like, your, we have cycling shorts and like a cycling top. Oh. Underneath, like, everyone has them underneath to kind of create that linear shape. So then when you put your shirts and your waistcoats, it kind of stays quite as a rigid sort of, Shape. Uh, okay, like, yeah, like, I'm thinking Spanx. Spanx. Yeah, Spanx. kind of like, so like, yeah, yeah like a Under Armour stuff, like sportswear mm. stuff yes. that you put underneath. So basically makes me look like a sausage, but still. <laughs> then all everyone has the tights on. You have to have the white tights on. And then you've got like, so the king has the shirt, the trousers, the waistcoat, the jacket, the wig. And then when your first entrance happens, you have the crown and the cape. And that, that, cape is people say it's heavy it's like it's not heavy it's just a lot like it's a lot so you can't move you can literally walk you have to sweep the cape out to turn up stage which sometimes you trip over the cape which is embarrassing (laughs) so it's actually quite a bit of a you're not as free no No. but the, the material of the costumes of the other costumes for the other guys are great because they're stretchy so everything they do they can move quite it looks beautiful it looks very sort of ornate in that period but the the flexibility of the of the material is amazing oh yeah i bet that adds to the character the fact the difference between your character and the others though that you are rigid this very british rigid character when they're all kind of freer it's kind of like aaron who's one of the standbys he he's the first cover of george and we've had this conversation he's like it's like you just can't you literally cannot move so actually for a singer it helps because because you're so still and so rooted, you have to be upright when you sing. And then you're on like your little Laduka heels, which yeah. are raised up. So you you literally feel like there's a bean pole as you're singing. So that's quite a good thing technically as a singer. Mm. But it's difficult to try and do much with him because he can't do anything. Yeah. yeah. But then it means that you have to do everything with your face and like your eyes, yeah. little tiny, yeah. and that you can get laughs from those, can't you? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think some people said like who your influence is when it comes to like anything comically. I mean, for me, I'm a big stand-up comedian fan. So facially, definitely people like Jim Carrey and Robin Williams have always been massive influences in the sense of comically, you know, their, their work. Um, but then like people like Eddie Murphy and Kevin Hart and Lee Evans and just physical comedians yeah, or yeah. just just for me it's timing timing of comedy is so key but it's so individual it's like i don't know you could wait half a beat or a beat to land a gag and for one person the half beat works and for another person the full beat works it, i just it yeah. just it's like your delivery of how it works and so when people say you know can you teach someone to be funny i just don't think you can i think you have to understand it and my, I couldn't do Ricky Gervais's comedy because that's Ricky Gervais doing his... I mean, he's hysterical. Like, his dryness, his his delivery, his sort of arrogance in the way that he does it. Because it's not arrogant. But he plays an arrogant card, which you kind of can't... It, it's just genius. Some of them are pure geniuses. So you really have to study what you can take from people. And like watching some of the other boys before, like I didn't see Harry, who I took over, or Gavin, but I saw Mike and I saw John. 
And again, the five kings were completely different. Completely different. Mine's definitely more theatrical. Mm. Camp, most most people would say. <laughs> right. But he I think he's more theatrical for me because I try not he is camp in the sense of what he's dressed in. Like I look literally like I could walk into Soho and I would not be out of place. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 You know, I definitely think you should absolutely try I could, that. Well, I'd just say, why did I not walk in a pride parade? Because they would have loved the king oh, to walk in a pride so parade. Much. With all the queens. They'd have loved it. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, the, the, com- the comedy element of, of the king is definitely something that it's interesting to see how people perceive it because it's the same song. There's no dialogue. It's the, it's exactly the same. So you have to choose your moments. And they are very strict musically with it. Mm. So strict musically. Yeah, so when you were going in for the rehearsal period leading into your first show, how much did you find that you were being <clears throat> prescribed what they wanted you to put onto it? And how much did they give you some leeway to kind of make it your own? Yeah, well, R- uh, Richard Beadle, who's our musical supervisor, and Chris Hatt, who's our musical... I think he's now... I can't remember. He's definitely now musical director, but they all have different titles. I can't remember which title. There's so many titles. <laughs> um, but Lackamore, Alex Lackamore came over. So Lack came over, was really complimentary, really lovely, but was a stickler for the strictness of how the king sings. And... In one sense, sometimes you can argue as an actor, but the thing is, I'm not going to argue with Alex Lackmore. Like, <laughs> come on, the dude's a genius. So there, there was obviously a reason of why he's gone through, I don't know, 8,000 versions of that song for it to be the way that it is now. Um, and I also think some actors need to remember that because some of them don't. Some of them think it's a, they think it's a very, um, I want to say not a selfless thing, but they're like, well, why can't I do my own thing? And I'm like, because these guys have gone through 20,000 versions to get it like that. So... For you to think that you could have done... They've probably gone through that idea and it's probably not worked for whatever reason that may be. Um, But the song, like, You'll Be Back especially, it's based on the Beatles. So um, it's like, you'll be back soon. It's like, what would you do if I sang out It's the same sort of um, Mm. element. That's where it came from. And then, like, the da-da-das that he sings are kind of like the... um, Hey Jude, da-da-da-da-da-da. It's kind of the same influence. That's kind of how it was... um, that's how that's how Lynn wrote mm. it originally. Um, but then it was the ability to sort of use those da-da-das and the madness of King George III and make him comical through the use of killing people. Yes. Yeah. Um, but for sure, the rhythms, the rhythms and the sound and what they want you to do is very particular. Yeah. Very particular. And throughout the song, you, do you sort of move a little bit more each time, like, a bit, bit more motion or moving. Yeah, I think... You've got, you got a stick? Yeah, I have a, a, I have a scepter. A scepter. I, do, I reveal my scepter, and that's not a euphemism. Um, <laughs> that's know. actually in the choreography. <laughs> I do. I do reveal this massive scepter, which is a... I was gonna, I'll tell you. It's apparently it's a curtain rail. Oh, is, is it really? It? Apparently it's a, it's a curtain rail that's decorated. <laughs> it looks insane. Excellent. Yeah. But I mean, and also breaks all the time. Um... <laughs> So yeah, they, they and then basically, so basically, you'll be back as his setup. He kind of explains his story of the thing is with King George, he doesn't need to be in the show. That's the whole no. comedy value. It's like, why is this dude here? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And also, his his arrogance is one great note that one of them gave me was he doesn't understand why he's not on stage all the time. He's like, he's <laughs> like, he, why am I not? Why am I not here? Like, this should be. King George the musical, not Hamilton the musical. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. why 
Why are we talking about these guys when it's all about me? I mean, I'm very, very typecast. So I was like, <laughs> but it's one of those things where he, he, it's kind of like, it feels like you lock him in a cupboard and then you just let him out and then you yeah. put him back in the cupboard again. I don't know. He just, that's the element of him. And then as, it, as the show goes on, it's kind of like his reprises are messages, Chinese whispers that he gets and his reaction to what are these Americans doing now? Why do they not just listen to me? I am their leader. They should be scared of me. They should be fearful of me. And mm. it's... So obviously not is not what is happening and no. he slowly loses loses control. Um but he does it in such a childish way. Yeah. yeah. And he, he, does he come on three times? Three times. So yeah, he does. You'll be back, which is his message from the king. Message from the king. And then yeah, he's you'll yeah, be back. Yeah, yeah. And then he always follows a big song. So Yorktown happens, which is one of the biggest yeah. numbers in the show. Yeah, yeah. Um but again, I think it's genius choice by the creators because they were like the only character that can follow these numbers is him like he's the only one like even if hamilton came on they'd be like oh get off because the king <laughs> is so off. different yeah. enough already yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's, it's like stop rapping do you know what i mean but the king is so different because yeah. he just comes on with like uh, do you know what's going on because i definitely don't i don't know what is what is happening so around he's me. almost like a, a narrator like in yeah a, in, he does he like narrates Joseph it but something. he can't be bothered to narrate it which yeah, i think yeah. is that's, even funnier that's so good yeah so sometimes yeah. when you're not feeling it in the show like you're sort of not it helps because you're like oh yeah i mean and it's a little bit shakespearean isn't it now they yeah. used to do that didn't they with that comedy character who sort yeah. of doing an pop aside up or... and doing a side yeah i mean i just i don't have a filter that's my problem so any of the times the americans come over if they're like you're right, like oh, i'm just really tired like i will just say it i can't help it <laughs> but sometimes with him it helps because no matter what you're feeling as a person to play the king is even if you feel like you're not you're not feeling and you're not great it works because he literally can't be bothered. He doesn't care about anyone or anything but himself. <laughs> so he's like, oh, I just need to get my train home. Like that's yeah. why that's that could literally be the sub the subtext of what you're doing, and and it and it genuinely works because the audience just love him. Yes, they love him. Like it's amazing. You come on stage and they just go nuts. Yeah, yeah. And I'm wow. like, I've done nothing. <laughs> I've stood there in a cape, and you don't even know how bad I'm going to sound. So like, you know, you're like applauding for something that I wouldn't applaud in a minute. You know. But um, yeah. And the third time you come out. I can't remember what you sing, but it's, 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 after, it's after, after one last time. And... No, it's after one last oh, one, time. Right. So the two the two big songs that he then follows is Yorktown and oh, One right. Last Time. Massive so song, yeah. Yorktown, a huge battle yeah. that's famous, and then One Last Time where George Washington's stepping down for the presidency. Yeah, yeah. And they follow with King George. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just and then that, the the realization of Washington stepping down. Like he says this great gag within it. It's like um, you say that uh, they say. George Washington's leaving his power and stepping away. Is that true? I wasn't aware that was something a person could do because it's like I'm. I, that's I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> like, why would you yeah, walk away from yeah, it? Yeah. He just doesn't get anything, and I love him. That's so good. Yes, because he yeah. does not. Because he, he doesn't get anything, but he doesn't need to because he's a king. So he's literally like, I really couldn't care less mm. at all. And then after that, you just sort of sit down and watch the show. So then I come back on at the end. Oh, at the end. That's which so everyone make It's so funny because everyone's like, where's the king? And I'm like, well, I'm dressed in the parchment outfit, the same as everyone else, because at the end of the show, ah. they want to make it, which is wonderful. They want to make it look like a group of actors have put on the story of Hamilton, basically. So that's why, but there's a lot of, there's a, always a bit of an outcry of people that are like, why don't you put your crown on or whatever? And I'm like, I think artistically it's the right choice. But it, because I think, 
you're then over sort of you're overpowering the message because as much as it's called Hamilton, it's actually really about Eliza. Yeah. The show's very much about Eliza. Um, you know, we have the whole Valjean Javert with Hamilton and Burr, but Eliza's that catalyst because she ends the show because she's the one that lives on to tell his story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then if you then had like a bow and then the king came on, it would kind of break that powerful ending. Do you know what I mean? So I agree with that choice. Yeah. But people do cry out for the king. Yeah. yeah. But it's funny because he does that. I do the last 10, 15 minutes of the show up on up on the right platform, mm. but mm. no one really notices that it down the king because you wouldn't, would you? No. But it's that thing of, I always wonder, what the hell was that guy originally doing? Because was he just sitting in a room and they were like, oh, we just need to put him on, don't we? Because yeah. I'd have just get gone. And they were like, listen, I'm all right. I'll get my train home after That's my third yeah. one. I'll see you later. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I don't need to. Oh, do you want about? No, nah. I'm all right. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, I'll, I'll go home. <laughs> but yeah. And my agent actually rang me and was like, I've heard you've been complaining about going on. I was like, I went, Sam, I've been, I've been joking about it. I was like, but listen, if you can get me out of the ending, thrilled. Like, I'll just walk off. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but it is, it's nice because obviously you do get a reaction at the end and it's lovely. But the king is just, he's a gift of a role. Yeah. He's a, for anyone. I think if if you can't get a reaction with the king, you are not good at your job. Like, there's, there's no, he's written so well. So if you can't do it, you need to have a word with yourself because it's written so brilliantly. Maybe that's really harsh for me to say, but it, I just I do believe that in a lot of shows. I think if the if the work is quality, yeah, if you can't deliver on that work, then that's that's your problem. That's not the 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 project's problem. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But also knowing you're right for it because I over I listened to you chatting on another podcast saying how much this was a role you quite fancied having many I, moons I've ago. I've been really, really lucky. Like there's fortunate and there's talent, but there's also luck. And I've sat in an audience three times and there's three roles I've wanted and I've been able to tick three of those roles off. And that's, I've, I mean, obviously there's more roles than that, but three times that it's happened that I've been able to then play that role. And once was School of Rock, another was Waitress and and Hamilton was, was three. So, I mean, maybe that's it. Because they always say three's, Three's the count, isn't it? So maybe maybe that's my last one. Maybe if we're watching another <laughs> show, we're like crying. I'm never going to get to play this role. Um, you need another yeah. three. That's just, right. Well, Have you, you got know. another three? <laughs> yeah, I see, see three shows. I'm like, oh, oh no. But if it's someone cartwheeling, jumped in splits, I'm not doing that anymore. I can't, I can't do that Your anymore. Your stays over. Yeah, I'll be like, sorry, Sonia. Can't. I don't think I can pull that one out of the bag anymore. Uh, I guess be, you're not doing any dancing as the king now. Listen, you, so. I'm not going to lie, Seb, I'm thrilled. I'm not gonna lie. I think my uh, my body would cry in pain. It, to be honest, you, it, I still think there's an element of me that could do it. I just feel like you have to be. Um, a friend of mine, Jelenga, who I did Chicago with, she was she was Velma, and um, and Jelenga's gorgeous and talented and beautiful and very fit. But she was like to me, you know, Jelenga's sort of my. I think Jelenga's sort of thirty six, thirty seven, and she was like, I had to get into shape again because although I might be slender and slim and fit, I was not show fit for that kind of show and she's right you kind of have to then not solely go back to dance class but just get your fitness levels up like get yourself back into shape stretch a bit you know do something i mean with funny girl it was a lot like yeah yeah you don't think it but for a bigger guy it is when you're like doing three cartwheels and jumping into splits it's and then tapping and it it's a lot on your body my body is not made to dance 
anymore. I mean, it might have been when I was younger, but I'm like a rugby player. And having 17, 18 stone jumping into splits eight shows a week. Oof, I can't imagine. You know, I know my poor hamstring was like, get off me, you know. <laughs> so it's, it's, it is tough because I think once you get then known for that, people think you can do it all the time. And I'm like, no, like... Did you have a very disciplined lifestyle during Funny Girl? No. <laughs> Awful. Like, if Luke Featherston was here now, <laughs> they were like, yeah. warm up. He'd be like, Joel, and I'd just be in the wing having a prep. Like, awful. <laughs> Absolutely shy. I'm the worst person when it comes to things like that. I mean, it, I would I would stretch, but I'd still, I don't know. There's an element of me that, there's an element of laziness with me, for sure. But I'm also like, I don't know. I just have this sort of ability to... I've always been like a bull in a china shop. So I've just just gone for it. And there's always been elements where I've never been having to do too much physical work to not enough physical work. I will be physically warm for the show that I know that I can do. But I'm a big thing that like when I'm sweating in a warm up for no reason and then I've got to just cool down. I'm like, well, mm. what's the point? <laughs> like, I'm like, why am I getting sweaty to not sweat until an hour and a half's time? <laughs> <laughs> no I was like no this doesn't work for me so you don't go to the warm-ups now I do Hamilton. go to the warm-ups but I just don't do the physical warm I mean I mean the, listen, the king's ridiculous I mean I can't do a physical warm-up for the king I do more exercise walking up to a dressing room than I do on the show <laughs> you're probably better off just sitting there eating a swan I literally sit and talk to our company manager Martin yeah <laughs> and eating a swan but you know what they don't in all fairness and that and the Hamilton lot I think also I think it's very hard for dance captains because people like me are are a bloody nightmare like but i'm also like i've been in the business enough now to know i'm not going to go on stage doing an extremely physical show and not physically warm up like you can't do that because also your insurance doesn't help you because if you're not in warm-up doing it and then you're like oh i need physio the company manager and everyone has got the right to turn around and go but you don't do warm-up so how do you need how do you need physio? Because mm. you're not warming your body up. But I also think there's an element that's really difficult because you do warm your body up and then you're waiting for 45 minutes for the show to start. Yeah. So that's another thing because if you think about it, when you warm up, you're warming up for an event. Like if boxers are warming up, they're warming up in their dressing room to go and fight, literally 10, 15 minutes later. So their body is warm. Mm. But within that time... Like, I used to do the warm-up at Waitress because Ogie was quite physical. His first name was quite physical when he comes on. But I would warm up at six o'clock and then I wouldn't be on stage till nearly half eight. <laughs> yeah. So then from six o'clock, right. you're warm. Your body would have cooled down till about quarter to seven. So then quarter to seven all the way to nearly 20 past eight. That's a long time to just, and you don't want to then be, it's weird because then you don't want to, it's not I'm saying you shouldn't warm up because of course you should warm up, but then you don't want to be in your dressing room, like jumping around doing press-ups and then sweating in in your costume because when you come on stage, you need to look like... Fresh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. So it's a a really hard, I think warm-ups are a really hard thing, whereas on Broadway, they don't do them. Broadway, they all go to class and they just turn up at the half. Mm. So they're responsible for themselves. Mm. I see. And I think it's very hard because in one sense, a lot of people would probably be like, yeah, that would be amazing. Basically, their mindset going, so I can come into work later. Not because 
You know what I mean? But the warm-up is a good thing because you get to be able to, like, parish notices. You get to see people. Yeah. But unfortunately, we never get to see, like, you guys, like the musicians. We don't get to see anyone like that. And it's a shame because that's where the company feel, I think, in, in Britain is better. But I also think that's maybe why the actual Broadway community is stronger as a whole because they don't do that. They make the time to do that externally. If that makes like, well, sense. During the daytime, they'll do Yeah, the like during the daytime when they do, well, like when they do, because they have a lot of, there's loads of theatre bars in Broadway and stuff like that where musicians and stage management and all the departments and the cast all get together. And I think it's because they know that when they're in the building, they don't have that time. That they then purposefully make that time. Whereas I think with us, we kind of don't do that because we kind of see each other, but we kind of don't. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I kind of think that's the difference between being on tour and being at home as well. And being in London or wherever you're based. Yeah. yeah, that you do. You have more of a community yeah. because you're all thrown together often in and a the new chocolate place. factory. Yeah. And the chocolate yeah. factory, we all knew each other so well yeah. with about because we saw each other every single day. Yeah. Chatted, went for dinner, whatever we did, had coffee, great. The minute we got into the void, we'd never saw you. No. And it's just opposite not, directions yeah. once you get so inside. So far down in the bowels of that <laughs> yeah. theatre, so aren't we? Far, I mean, so far down. The dame was not happy. <laughs> no. The dame was not happy. Alan Williams. Thanks. Alan Williams. Yes. Shout out to Alan Williams. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you've been on shows and there's been a cast change going on, and have you, because I know you've done some good long stints on mm. different shows, um, how do you find that when you're, there's a cast change going on, you're having to bring in a whole new family? And I guess you now see it from the other side where you're going in as King George. Yeah. Is uh, it a tricky transition? It can be sometimes. I mean, I've gone in, so I'm trying to think what I did. So, uh, Ogeing King George, I went in when the show was already up and running. Mm-hmm. Um, both were quite, a significant cast. I think uh, both of them were 11 people that went in. But obviously the King's very different because he's very uh, he's very isolated anyway. Um, I never feel that there's any hard... No one... No, I've never really come across many people, hardly any, that are bad people and are not welcoming and... You haven't flushed your head down the loo or anything No, I don't think you. so. Not that I know of. It's good. Um, <laughs> but, I also, but I also think it's not... I don't really know why... They would be, really. There's, no, I they're guess- not paid. They're not paid to be that. You know, they're paid to do come in and do their job. So, I think being welcoming just makes it easier for everyone. Really, it's not. You know. Yeah, I was thinking as well more, but even just being on stage because I guess there's that transition the where you're so used to that yeah. chemistry. Yeah, I mean, the chemistry is different with George because he doesn't. He's not on stage with anyone. Yeah. Um, but with Ogie, Ogie, I was lucky because Ogie, I went in with Hannah Toynton, who was my dawn. 
So, you know, but then on uh, but then Hannah left and Evie came in. So I had to get a new chemistry with Evie. And I actually, I didn't do that many rehearsals with Evie. But I do, I do remember saying to Alex, our resident, I was like, listen, if you want me in, I'd rather come in because I'm the one that's going to be playing opposite Evie. So we need to get a connection. Um, but what was really sweet is lovely George Grayson, who played Ogie on the tour. Unfortunately for, for him and the two other covers, they went down one week. Uh, in Oxford and I got I was at my best mate's wedding and I got a call on the Sunday saying can you be in Oxford tomorrow morning because we've got no ogies two years after I'd done it so I was like oh my god do I even remember it <laughs> so I had to go in um I did it I did four did four shows and Evie had COVID so I only got to do one show with Evie which was the last show so we it was really sweet because we actually got to say goodbye to the show together um i i love evie hoskins she's she's brilliant and um her and hannah were both amazing johns and actually shout out to sarah o'connor and olivia moore because they were the covers and they were incredible as well but like having a connection with people for me i think if you're a nice person the connection's easy i think if you're a difficult person you're quite not in a bad way but some some people can be quite cold or quite awkward or whatever um you know like it it is hard like I had a great bond with Sheridan, like a really good bond with Sheridan. And me and her got on really well. And so our chemistry as a friendship on stage became really apparent because we we genuinely got on. We laughed. We genuinely got on together. But then I'm not going to lie, it was hard if Tash or Clara, Clara were on because, not because they weren't phenomenal actresses, but you're just so used to one thing, you have to transfer to another. And I think if I would have done the toy, it would have been easier because Tash was on one week and Sheridan was on one week. So it would have been different. Um, but you do get used to the person that plays the role every night. That's just normal. It's kind of like, I don't know, being married and having a different wife one day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going through two years of the same person. And you're like, oh, who, this is weird. It's like, what is it? It's wife swap. Yeah, it's like exactly. that. It's kind of it like that a bit, yeah. really. Like yeah. it's like wife swap. It's like, oh, this is. I'm not used to this. Yeah. Um, but also, I I find that exciting because they do new things, so then can keep it fresh. So sometimes yeah. when an understudy or cover goes on for me, because also I say when an understudy or cover goes on, I've been that understudy and cover, so I love it because I'm like, firstly, I know how excited I was to go on, and nervous and whatever whatever the feelings you feel. But it's also looking across to know that you've got, let's say, the same people that play those roles who have your back. Like you have a good chemistry because they're they're there for you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they totally. they will they will help you get through the show. Yeah. Um so I, I it's a massive team effort. And that goes out not just to the people on stage in every department. It's a huge team effort. It really is. Yeah. So I remember that show when Sheridan came back after being off the show for a while. Oh, it was crazy, wasn't it? Yeah. When they announced it. Were they, yeah. Yeah, we heard it. I remember that on the Tannoy. Yeah. But, Friday I mean, night, wasn't it? Yeah. I absolutely remember exactly because no one knew she was coming back. They all thought she was starting back on the Monday. Yes. Mm. But the, when did you find out? Like probably in the afternoon I knew the oh, week. you were probably in touch. I, well, no, I wasn't in touch with Shaz. Right. I knew the week before because someone had let it slip. Mm. Someone let it slip, but she was in rehearsal. And she was in rehearsal, I think, because I don't think Darius was well. And I think Matt Goodgame was on. Oh, yeah. For, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, God bless Darius, bless him. Yeah. Um, but I think Dee was off and Matt Goodgame was on that that weekend. I think Darius wasn't wasn't too well. Mm. Um, so Matt rehearsed, rehearsed her in. And mm. I think I went in 
I went in for half an hour to just do our little bits together. And it was... She is, you know, regardless of, of all the troubles that Sheridan has to go through, she is such a beautiful person and a phenomenal... When I tell you that to work opposite her will be one of the greatest highlights of my career because mm. I can't explain what she can do. It's it's ridiculous what she can do. Mm. And there was a scene that we used to do at the end, which was me, her and Marilyn. And I basically said like one line and it was an argument between Marilyn and Sher- Mrs. Bryson, not Marilyn and Sheridan, but Mrs. Bryson, <laughs> Fanny. Yeah. And it was just like two powerhouses going at each other. And it was just like, it was because ins- I felt like an audience member. That was the thing. And you just got engrossed into how good they were. Um, you're talking about comic timing right back at the beginning of the mm. chat. And like that, that, she's just you take got influence. that. It's just extraordinary. And it's yeah. funny because yeah, I was yeah. speaking to Barnes because I'm doing a project with Tash Barnes at the moment. Oh, yeah. She's she's playing my Fiona and I'm doing Shrek with my company. It's sort of a goodbye thing to my company. And Tash has come to play Fiona because Tash lives Brilliant. in Derby now. So me and Tash are working together and we were talking about comedy. And Tash, like I said, the amount that I learned from Sheridan is ridiculous. Like, and also Sheridan, it wasn't like Sheridan went to college. Well, she naturally has a gift, like a pure gift. And you could see it. She knew a gag before it was even there. Like she just knew it. And the initiative, the attention to detail, there was, there's, there's a story I always talk about during Funny Girl at the very beginning, which was at the Chocolate Factory. And we were downstairs. So a lot of people don't know, we rehearsed in the Chocolate Factory. And then for the last three or four weeks before we went to tech, we had the Travelators and we had them built downstairs in the bunker. So then we rehearsed in the bunker. Down, yeah. so I don't know if you remember, Seb, I don't know if you were around during that time, just before tech it was. Yeah, maybe we had a band call around that time. So the, the two travelators were there, so it was all built up, and there was like a seating bank where we all just used to put our bags and sit and watch whatever was going on. And the last 20 minutes of the show is was her. was pretty much her. Darius came on to do a bit and then left, and then she was sort of left broken. And it's one of the rehearsal shots, and she's like dressed as... Shares normally is dressed in like these like trashy trainers, ripped jeans, t-shirt, a denim jacket. She used to have about three layers on her body and then like this headband, like, you know, a little side headband that she had. And she just broke people. Like I've never been in a rehearsal room where it's so silent because you're just engrossed in a person's talent. Mm. And it wasn't like a room of just young people that have come out of college, you know, you had some phenomenal dancers. The girls that we had in that show were, you know, I could go through them all and they were all amazing, but like people like, you know, Luke Featherstone and um, Stu Ramsey and Matt Croak and people, you know, it was a really good cast of people. And then you had your older generation of actors like Marilyn and Valderavix and Gay and Bruce Montague, God rest him, and Morris. Yeah. And looking at going, these, all these people are just looking at this girl dressed like she's just walked off the street doing the last 20 minutes of this show broken and you just couldn't you couldn't explain what that is that isn't that isn't training that's just pure talent and you learn so much from that because you're like it doesn't matter about your background if you've got talent you've got talent yeah and she is a prime example kind of like people like her and jodie comer but just examples of people that are just naturally talented. Yeah. So no matter what trials and tribulations they go through in life, you can't take away that they're talented. No. Because they're stupidly talented. You know? No. She's obviously accessing something every every night. She she um 
because you know I, I watched the show one night I took a show off and yeah. I watched it out the front and she's crying she's actually crying oh, and she's every insane. night she was she was doing that she's insane it's just yeah I don't know how you do that as an actor like to, to I don't to, I wish you could teach me because so technically to make yourself get that upset so and, difficult and, but to but to do it every night as a job but you, you have to access some sort of emotion don't you, to, to get well, to that. I mean, there's like you tricks know, you've got. I'll tell you, firstly, when I tell you this story, Sheridan is not an arrogant person. That's just not no, who no, she no. is. But this story is just so funny. Um, the poster that we had. Um, so the poster was one shot and it was the first picture that was taken of that shoot. Um, they said to Sheridan, we'd really like her to have like, to look upset. And Sheridan, and they went, we kind of just want like, realistically, it's really hard, Sheridan, but we just kind of want a single tear. And her reply was, which eye? <laughs> oh my God. She's like, which eye? <laughs> Left. Okay. Three, two, tear. Snap. Done. That was, that was genuinely, that was genuinely what she told me. And it wasn't, I want to explain, that was not like an arrogant thing no. for Sheridan. She was just like, yeah, which, which eye? Like so innocently, I was like, you do realise how hard that is to do that. But she could channel somewhere... That yeah. did it. It's got some onions. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean, yeah. I would have like Vicks vapor rub under my eyes. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. It's just, it's just insane. It's, yeah, yeah. I, you know, that obviously that time, that time was a really hard time for her. I think it was a really hard time for everyone as well because of what she was having to go through and how awfully, you know, newspapers oh, and terrible. articles took yeah, her. Yeah, and yeah. no one, no one wanted to see that. And also, no one wanted to see that girl who. She was selling that show. Mm. We wouldn't have had jobs if it was not for Sheridan in that show. That show, I think someone told me it sold out the chocolate factory in an hour, the whole run. When it just said Sheridan Smith, funny girl. No one else was mentioned. It sold out in an hour. And she yeah. sold out a six month run at the Savoy. Just her. Mm. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It That's is. insane. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think people understand how much people love her. And sometimes she doesn't understand that and i hope one day she really understands how much people do love her and want her to be happy and successful because she's an amazing woman she really is an amazing well that woman. was incredible that she came back to that run yeah and for real. i think that from the point of view of her coming back that's an extraordinary thing that she did because it would have been so easy to walk away from yeah. it and and also her reception that she yeah. had for when she came oh, back that friday so, night man yeah. they just roared didn't they it was when was it kira yeah, she just said, like, no, the, yeah. the role of Fanny Bryce was played by Sharon Smith. I was like, oh my God. I remember standing in the wing with her. She just started crying. I was like, you can't cry now. Cry later. <laughs> Save Get it. on stage. Save it. <laughs> Save the tears. She left eye, left eye. I was like, I was like yeah, stop it. I was like, stop it. <laughs> stop it. I was like, I've got a cartwheel. I said, I'll cry when I jump into the splits. And I was like, <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> Bless her. Yeah, I love her. I love her. Uh, what, what else is on your spider ground? Oh, well, no, I wanted to. I just feel like I'm winging right back here to when we were talking about um, gaps in shows because I'm really intrigued. We were talking about this beforehand. What do you do when you're um, when you've got these breaks between the three times you're on stage? What are you doing backstage there? So I love Netflix. Good. Um, I love. So I've got a pogo box. I know. What's what? Pogo Box, everyone? Pogo Box. <laughs> so I, I love games. Big, big FIFA fan. Love playing yeah. FIFA. Love playing NBA. So I have, when I got Chicago, I knew I was going on tour. And I thought, right, I need a system. And I used to take a TV with me and everything. I was like, this is a whole, a whole colossal. It's not the one. 
I found a poker box. So a poker box, ladies and gents, <laughs> is a case that wheels. You open it. You take the plug out. You put it in the back of the poker box. You plug it in. It's got a TV screen. It's got all the connections in for an Xbox or a PlayStation. It's got two controllers, a PlayStation and a TV screen. And that is what I do. Oh, nice. And you wheel oh. it around. Wheel it around. My dressing room is all set up. Shout out to Chandler, who's uh, one of the carpenters. Uh, she built me a little shelf in the gaming box. Absolute oh, legend. did she? Absolute legend. Got me a little little dressing room, really nice. Own toilet and shower. It's lovely. It's lovely and cosy. Uh, Cameron put like a king's, there's like a play called like the Three Kings up in that dress because it's the king's <laughs> dressing room. So yeah, it's just great. And then every time, like... I sort of, I lo- like bought something for Harry for his goodbye and he left me like a King George book. So we always try and if I ever leave, then I'll probably leave the George something else. Or, yeah. So we always try and do something like that, which oh, is cute. Nice. Yeah, that's nice. Well, There's you- a King George cushion in there that we all leave <laughs> for the next King George. So that's kind of, I think Gibson got that. So we've all, we all have a pact that we sort of leave it Don't in Don't touch it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's cute. It's really nice. So you playing FIFA? Play FIFA. I love FIFA. Can't yeah. wait. 23 is coming out. Is can't it? believe yeah, yeah. I can't believe my luck. I'm, Who's your team? Sorry. I'm a United fan, unfortunately. Oh, are you? I say unfortunately because a lot of people go, ooh, but I'm a United fan. So, right. yeah. well, it. very proud of it. With the role of King George, mm. British to American to British. So, <laughs> when you're singing the role, mm. accent wise, what were you thinking? He's you're British. just going straight up, but do you do British via an American doing there's, a British there's a, there's accent? A, no, oh, no, 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 no. No, there's no, none of that. No, he's just a Brit. Okay. Yeah, he's purely, so straight up. Well, he's not even a Brit. He's a royal. And they're, they're different. Yeah. Mm. So no American... No what did American Jonathan Groff do? Was he, was he British? But, uh, yeah. Uh, the Groff did a British accent for sure. I mean, there's a couple of words here mm. and there, but... It, but I'm, gonna, I'm not going to have a no. go to the Groff. He's iconic. Yeah. He made the, the role iconic, you know. Yeah, he, yeah. yeah. Kudos to him. But like, I think... Um, it's just very funny because I think I do think there's an element and I, maybe he might even admit this himself, but there's definitely an element with an English actor playing him. There's definitely something more there with a British actor playing that the English monarch for sure. Just because I think there is an understanding. There's an understanding of how everyone views the monarchy in Britain. Mm. I love the monarchy. Some people hate it. And I get it. I get why they hate it. But I'm also a big argument. I'm going, listen, if we didn't have the monarchy, our tourism would be down the chute. Like, we'd have no tourism. It's true, it's true. Yeah. Like, they was like, oh, they cost so much money. I'm like, oh, yeah, and they make the money. Like, they make the money for us. So they sort of, all right, lockdown they didn't. But I'm like, but normally they kind of pay for themselves. Like, yeah. all their palaces and everything, when they're bringing in 150, 200 million pounds, yeah. kind of does pay for their... You can see the, the demand for it in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. The, exactly. Yeah. And also, I'm a little bit like, okay, then cool. You tell me what you tell me what in Britain will make more money. Because it won't. No. It won't make more money. The only two... Re- I think the two reasons that people come to London is either to feel like they could see that... Well, it's now going to be the king. But to feel like they could see... They could have seen the queen. Yeah. Or any of the royal family. Or to watch a West End show. Because yeah. mm. it's great looking at buildings. But I'm like... But imagine if there was no monarchy and you just had all those palaces. Well, what are they there for? Yeah. All, the muse- all of them as museums. I'd be like, oh, come on. Mm. Want to be a Starbucks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like Weather a Primark. Like Clarence House would be a Primark. <laughs> do you know Big what I mean? Sports director back in the house. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, my God, dead. It, do you imagine if you just turned into a massive mall? Or <laughs> 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 the Queen's bedroom. Oh, Queen's bedroom is an H&M. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, but but what, I just, I think, what do people want it to be? Oh, there should be landmarks. For what reason? Like, what? What? That doesn't make sense. Also, no. how many people they hire? Like, how many jobs are within the royal 
not just one royal house, but the whole empire. Yeah. There must be thousands of workers, thousands of jobs yeah. that would be lost if the monarchy went. Mm. But it's all to do with... Oh, the thing is, the problem is, it's all to do with money. Oh, they've got all this money. Right. And... what? Yeah. Solomon Brunei's got a lot of money. <laughs> some people are rich. Some people aren't. The thing is, like, the inheritance tax for Charles. Yes, he should pay the inheritance tax. Everyone should pay... If, if I'm getting charged inheritance tax, he should get in charge. Do you know what I mean? Like, those arguments, I completely get. But I'm like, come on, dude. Like, they bring in a hell of a lot of money for this country. You get rid of them. What else are we going to... Why would people come to England? I don't know why they would no, come. No, it would diminish an already diminished. Why would they come? There's a pencil museum somewhere up, uh, <laughs> Isn't it? up north. But look how famous Harry and Meghan are for <laughs> yeah. even walking away from the royal family. Yeah. I'm like... Yeah. Yeah. Just on a side note, but, I can't believe that, um, that the corgis have been left to Andrew. Have they? Well, yeah. he needs something, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. I just well, I would have had a little second thought about that. I wouldn't maybe trust that's the way him with that he's them not dogs. Gone to, maybe he's not gone to jail because of that reason. Maybe they've gone, ah, <laughs> uh, he needs to, I know what will stop him from going to jail. He needs to look after the dogs. Maybe they thought that's, they'll help keep him on the straight and narrow, give know. him a purpose. I don't know. I mean, it was, it's, imb- I mean, to be honest, I actually feel sorry. I actually felt sorry for the Queen in that situation oh, because yeah. it's like, what, what can you, what can she do? What can she do? Do you no, know what I mean? No, what can I you know. do? I know, she's never, she's never going to know the truth. The... And even if she did know the truth, I just think, well, what? Her, the yeah. whole empire of the royals is so much more than the queen making a decision. That's what is laughable to people. They're like, well, she can do this. No, she can't. That's the, She actually has not a lot of power. And they say that she does. And like, it's not like King George, where he could literally be like off with his head. That, doesn't ha- that can't happen anymore. It's no. not a thing. You know what I mean? Can yeah, it, it wouldn't have maybe gone it down well. it can still happen now. I don't know. <laughs> you think, I mean... You think Charles is going to bring this back? I, I don't know. But you know what I mean? I, I, think it's, I think it's unbelievable. I think the rulings now of the royals in Britain is just... It's so different. And the funny thing, going back to how you feel with a Brit playing him, like, you understand the essence of how the rest of the world... It's like, apart from last year, Eurovision, we always got nil poire. Because people don't like the Brits. They hate England. They hate us. Because we tried to take over the world. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. people weren't even around. The people now weren't even alive when that happened. And they're still like, you tried to, you tried to take our country. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So we're like, yeah, we did. Hmm. But then we did come second this year. We did come second. So why is that? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe what they felt you... a bit different about us. It was just a but good, I used to good laugh. song, wasn't it? I used to laugh all the time when we got yeah, knocked off. Yeah. All the time. I'm yeah. like, people hate us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah totally. I mean, you know, and also it doesn't help, does it, that the year that Trump got into power, we had Boris Johnson. I mean, the two most laughable muppets you could put in power. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. I thought, I thought, I thought, you know, people laughing that Americans are silly. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> We're just as stupid. No, exactly. Like, let's not. Yeah. We've no reason to laugh. He's. I mean, regardless of even even if he was. Even if he had the best morals in the world and whatever, this is me being very vain. Just look at him. He <laughs> Put looks, a comb through your hair. He looks like Beaker yeah, from the on. Muppets. Like, yes. what is... Come on. Yeah. Like, that's not a... That's yeah. not a state leader, is it? No. You know? No. I mean, in fairness to Maggie Thatcher, yeah, she might have been an absolute tyrant, but at least she kind of looked the part. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't cross her. <laughs> do you know what I mean? She would kill people. She was yeah. the sort of person that you'd be like, oh, she will stick you down to mine. Like, yeah. she won't care. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least people were fearful of her. <laughs> Boris, 
come on. No. Uh, I'd be, I'd, I wouldn't have cared. When he, when he rugby tackled that little, that young Japanese lad, when he, <laughs> when he went into Japan. Oh, he God. rugby tackles a seven-year-old. Like, he's, a, <laughs> he's an idiot, mate. He, there's nothing... To, I, I don't get it. I just don't get people. I don't even get the government. I look, I'm like, I would, if I was sitting there as a politician, I'd be like, are you taking the mick? Why is he there? It's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Well, you see who he surrounded himself with and then you realise it because like, the Bash Street kids. Just ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. Well, luckily, uh, it's all fine now. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's all going really well. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, no, no, it's good. It's good. Um, um, just one little yeah. extra. Oh, uh, do you have? There must be mad Hamill fans, and I'm—I mean, not mad necessarily, but people who just love it. Have you had like? Have you got sort of wild fans? Um, I don't know. No, I don't think so. What do you not mean pe- wild? Like, like people ha- are who fans. rock up all the time. Um, front not, row. Do you know what? I tell you what. At Hamilton probably not, and the reason that Hamilton probably not is because the tickets are so expensive oh, that I don't yeah. think anyone can actually afford to keep coming to the show. Yeah. Like with something like, I mean, obviously I could speak because of Carrie, but like she has a lot of Carrie fans anyway. But Heather's fans. Oh yeah. Are major, but that's because they can afford to pay. Mm. I think the twenty pound that they watch on the front row every time, whereas. Yeah. From Hamilton, I think you're like nearly hundred quid. It's like can't, that's so you can't true. pay that. So I think that's that's probably why. So does she have? She must have people who follow her wherever she yeah, goes. Cra- isn't crazy she? fans, yeah, crazy yeah. fans. I mean, in fairness, l- lovely people. They're not. They're not all majorly crazy and horrible. Yeah. Um, I said majorly. I said none of them are. They aren't. <laughs> they they they're really lovely fans and very yeah. supportive. Very very supportive oh, of that's her. Good. Um, and she's great with them. So you know, I, I've never really had. An and they've been very, very nice to me in the sense that they're very happy for me and her, which is lovely. Oh, good. Um, but, it, you know, there's, a, there's an element of it. There's an element of it who aren't... Because I don't consider someone a fan, someone that's negative. I think if you're a fan of someone, then you're positive about them. There's a lot of, there's a lot of social media coverage that... Well, not a lot. There's a bit of social media coverage that we have got that has been negative for no apparent reason. And I think it's very odd... Like, I can think a negative thought about anything, but to have the audacity to put it online or respond to something, I just I just don't get it. I don't, I find it crazy. I'm like, what, what possesses you to do that? Yeah. Even if you thought of something, like all the things I've just said about Boris or whatever, I still never went online and was like, I was just like, he's just an idiot. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. I just thought it to myself, really. I just, I don't know. It's the way that... Um, but I guess people could argue, well, the way that you express your happiness is the same way that you you would express your sadness or your anger. But I don't know. I think happiness and joy is worth spreading. Anger and sadness is, unless it's for your own methods of therapy, as in helping people out of a dark place, of course, absolutely express it. I couldn't think of anything better to do. But when it's purposefully being negative at people, I just don't understand it. No. Yeah. Oh, sorry. You, you no, I mean, that. listen. It's not just uh, people. People go through it all the time. I mean, a lot of celebrities go through it anyway. But it's just the first taste I've kind of ever had of it. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like linking back to like what we said about Sheridan. Yeah. It's like the negative press that she gets, and she doesn't do anything. Mm. Some, it's, un- it's unbelievable. I just find it un- insane. I just don't. I just. I don't know. I just. I feel like not that I've not got a bad bone in my body, but I just will not be purposefully negative or nasty to someone. So I don't really know where it where it comes from. It's kind of like I'm into a, it sounds really weird, segue, but I'm into, uh, I love crime stuff, like serial killer documentaries and stuff like that. And I'm intrigued by it because 
in my brain there is not a switch where I would kill someone. So I'm trying to understand the ethos and the thought process to why you would want to do that. What possesses you to do that? For me, that's like negativity. I could be negative if someone's annoyed me, mm. like anyone could, or you know, you have a rift, you have a little bit of an argument or a tiff or whatever, but f- to purposefully like comment or I just find it so crazy. It is so strange. I guess there's this kind of faceless element that people feel like they can do it. They're sort of hiding behind. Oh, there's accounts. They set, so people yeah. set up accounts yeah. with no followers just to comment. Oh, it's awful, so isn't you, it? So you purposefully have gone on your device, put in a completely different email to set up an account on a social media platform just to comment. Oh. Why? Mm. Yeah, it's mad. What a waste of time that is. Could have made a decent TikTok video. Yeah. I mean, yeah, why, exactly. What did you do? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, right. watch a film. Yeah, do something creative. Do you know what I mean? Isn't. Like, I don't. I just don't. Yeah, yeah, find it very, very strange. And um, are you good at blocking that out? All that stuff. The problem is, is that I don't really give a shit. That's yeah. the issue. I did at first. Yeah. And now I'm like, actually, who are you to define the way that I live my life, or the way that I am with my girlfriend, or the way that she is with me? Mm. Because who are you to comment? Yeah. Who's anyone to comment? Who am I to comment on someone else, you know? And do I find myself doing that? Of course you do, because you're a human being. Of course you might comment or whatever, but to purposefully put that on a platform. Like, I think it's very dangerous when people mention things about the industry to certain extents on a social media platform, because it can't go anywhere. Like, I'm quite honest in an interview, because I'm like, well, I don't care that it's there, because that's how I feel. I, I don't really go this director is not a nice person or this producer is not a great or this general manager or whatever. Are there people like that? Of course there are. Of course there's people that I didn't get on with who other people do get on with. Um, instead of funny story in the business of like, you can be friends with someone. I could be like best friends with someone, be in a cast and that person know them and I had a completely different experience with that same person. Could be like, I didn't get on with them at all. But yet you get on with both of those people. It's just a character thing of how it works. Yeah. But it's that literally purposefully choosing to make comments negatively towards someone. I just go, I don't, I just don't, I don't get, I don't get the purpose of it. No. I don't, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, well, I want to, I want to rile them up. Why? You don't know them. Yeah, it's really peculiar. You don't really know peculiar. them personally, you know, like, said a few things, you know, with Carrie, obviously she has a, a massive, a massive following. But like, I've had some comments. I had, I had a comment that was put on one of our platforms saying that, um, to me, I can't believe how fake I am. I can't believe that, you know, the fact that his, that her family doesn't even like him. And I'm like, firstly, I've met her family and I get on with her family. Like I absolutely adore Carrie's family, Mm. but this person doesn't even know them. So I'm like, well, you don't, so you don't know my girlfriend, you don't know her family, so how do you know how they feel about it? And also, why would you just put a comment like that, even to get a reaction, why would you put a comment like that? I just don't understand it. Oh, it's like they're in a, like an invented world, yeah, isn't it, really? it's so... It, again, it's just a, a strand of someone's brain that I just yeah. don't get. Yeah. Um, but that... I'm not saying that for, I'm not, bless you, I'm not saying that for like sympathy because a lot of people go through it. I just genuinely don't understand that thought process. It's a very strange thing for me. Yeah. 
I just think when, like, when I was younger, there was no access to people. Not that yeah. I wouldn't have written things like no, that. It's I'm dangerous. Just say. It is dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> you tried every I, avenue. I tried. It's I dangerous. Said, Carrier pigeons. It anyway, but um, yeah, but it, no, it's now people kids think now. they can. Oh, it's so dangerous they can for get kids in touch now. With anyone. And yeah. the way they talk about like that that young lad that died from doing a TikTok challenge and stuff. He was like fourteen. Oh, scary. Just awful. It's like, you know, it's really scary. People need to. I just think people just need to have a little bit of a brain and understand what they put out in the world because there's enough sort of there's enough sort of negativity in certain countries with things going on that I'm like god we don't need a social media platform to no. do that as well like surely it should just be breeding good things and mm. granted if it's if it's a negative thing for the right reasons if it's a reaction to the government or whatever and they're doing something ridiculous absolutely you know but I I just don't know it's I think people need to choose their battles for sure yeah, yeah, for sure. Quite. On a positive note. Let's say on a positive note. Well, yeah. I'm what really excited because I'm going to come and see Hamilton really Aww. soon. Are you? Yes. Oh, wow. oh my God. I am so excited. I hope I'm on. My friend. Oh, I hope you're on <laughs> I hope too. I'm on. <laughs> I'm come on. on a Monday evening. I know that much, but she hasn't okay. given me the specific date yet. But well, I know it's going to be a Monday. I'll give you my dates. Tell me when I, you're off. I am off. Yeah, I'm off for three. There's three weeks that I'm off. So. <gasps> Not in a row, okay. but just like separate three right. weekly okay. weeks. Right, yeah. okay. I'm going to have to check them out, yeah, make sure do. it's not them. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, can't wait. To be honest, even can't if you wait. don't see me, you'll probably see a better performance. So. Don't be daft. <laughs> no, <laughs> I can't better... wait. I'm so excited. Yeah, That's yeah. good. Have it's you seen fun. it before? Not I thought you meant, in... if I seen it before, I was like, yeah, oh, minute. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, do you know it? <laughs> that is good. No, I've only ever seen the one on Disney Plus because I've wanted since day one that it, I've listened to the soundtrack so much and since day one I've wanted to go I've asked everyone and finally I've broken someone it's, a, it's amazing <laughs> it, I mean I think that's the one thing about the show to, to, to take education to take a history lesson and put it with popular music it's genius and I think that's the same thing what the guys have done with Six mm. in a different way still the same thing yeah. it's just genius it's really really clever and people that yeah, people that sort of have a go at them and or you know, like, oh, well, I don't think this. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, then you come up with something because guess what? You haven't because it's taken over the world for a reason because it's something that just works. So, oh, just bite your tongue, get over it, you know. <laughs> like, Do they have anything nice to say? Don't say it. Isn't it? Yeah. It's the way that's like some, you know, some people talk about Lloyd Webber and say, well, he's, he, he rips off certain tunes. I'm like, listen, that dude has made millions out of it. I was like, fair play to him because if <laughs> I found that trick and I was going to do it, then I'd have done it. So, do you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Quite. Come on now. Like, you know, I haven't, it's like, I think people just need to understand that, like, there are, th- and also there's only 12 notes. There's only mm. 12 notes in a scale. So, some things are always going to sound similar. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But it, it is, it's really, really funny. I do find it when uh, people get on the soapbox about creative things and I'm like, is it because you just didn't think of it first? Because yeah. <laughs> I think there's a little bit of that. Yeah. Bit jealous, are yeah, we? A bit, yeah, a bit jealous. You didn't think of it. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful show and do come watch it. It's so good. So much fun. Well, there we are. Ooh. There we are. Thank you, Joel. <laughs> you see Thanks, what I mean? Joel. We went all over the place in that chat, didn't we? Yeah, and you were just telling me about the things you cut out. <laughs> Is that something you're going to share with our dear listener? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll leave it. Leave everyone thinking that we're a slick operation here, just keeping the choice cuts for the listener. <laughs> That's um, right. Which we are. We are. That's what we're doing. We <laughs> usually have. Um, a Patreon extra chat, but we don't yeah. for this one. <laughs> not, no, not for this. <laughs> not directly for this, but we have got something, haven't we? <laughs> Do you? <laughs> have we not? 
<laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, Have yeah. we not got well, a little video? From the car, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, if you join our Patreon, you can watch a 20-minute video of, of Verity and me in a car. Just it's like driving drive. school. <laughs> it's like driving school. It's such old school reality television. It's an homage to that. Yeah. So uh, if you join a Patreon, you will be, oh, you'll be supporting the show. Oh, you will. Come on, £3.50 a month plus fat. And uh, you help us make the show. And also you get some extra extra stuff. You get extra episodes. Quite often, we'll have a little extra bit of um, the guests that we didn't fit into the main show. But quite often, we keep it all in because it mm-hmm. doesn't seem fair to rob you of of that excellent content. So, uh, but yeah, join the Patreon. You also get some behind the scenes stuff, like like we we're giving you this week the car thing. Oh, the car <laughs> thing is great. Uh, the car like thing's that as well. great, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> is that bit done? The Patreon. I think that's dealt with, isn't it? No, we've asked them to join. We've explained (laughs) what we've got. We've laid out our wares. (laughs) There'll be more though, honestly, there'll be more. Yeah. So what's the rest of this week hold for you now then? Oh, the rest of the week? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, it's been quite nice actually. I've just been at home looking after Stella. Oh, lovely. Been going out to parks and and stuff. Yeah, it's been nice. Autumn's great, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's so nice. Yeah. I, it's, um, it's perfect yeah. park weather actually bright and cold i love it mm. yeah i think that's my favorite yeah i didn't quite nail it i left the house it was a bit cold but then <laughs> 20 minutes later i was a bit hot oh so, no it's the kind of thing i've like been having to deal with today <laughs> <laughs> I, that's great when that's the high stress point of your day i think you're winning at life <laughs> <laughs> um we uh we had a really nice chat on Monday with things musicians don't talk about. Oh, it was so great, wasn't it? Yeah. So we did this one with Joel and then we drove, as you can see in the video. If yeah, you, you're getting you everything. On the Patreon thing. And then we drove to to Rebecca Toll's house and met with, up with her and Hattie Butterworth. And they do the Things Musicians Don't Talk About podcast, which is very excellent. And we did a kind of joint one, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Well, we sort of did a reciprocal thing, didn't we? So there's going to be two separate episodes, one on their feed and one on ours. So yes. that's great. Two for the price of one. Yeah. Is that going to be the next episode, maybe? I would think it probably is. Okay. Well, we should we should probably so, check with them too, shouldn't we? Because I we'll guess we need to tie yeah. up. <laughs> but why don't you, for now, listener, go to the link down below Um not down below. Up above? Go to the- <laughs> At the side? Yeah. <laughs> You're too slow. Um, go, you know, in the, in the description bit in, in your phone and um, follow their podcast and listen to it. It's very good. They talk about mental health and all kinds of stuff hmm. to do with music. Um, and uh, following on from your question to me, uh, what does this week hold in store for you, Verity? <laughs> Well, now, well, this evening I've got my Estilo String Quartet album launch oh. in Leighton. So, so we're going to go and play that, go and play through the album and yeah. celebrate it by having a couple of drinks and some jollity, which will be very great. nice. That sounds good. Yeah, it's great. I'm slightly tempered by the fact that I have to get mega early to go to the middle of Essex tomorrow 
to play yeah. some schools concerts. And I read schools concerts and thought, oh, that's going to be straightforward and nice. What fun. And then I opened the music link earlier. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I, it's got, do you know, you know, rodeo, uh, hoedown, you know, Copeland. Yeah, yeah. That's what, it's quite, it's, it's hard. Is it an arrangement of it? No, I think it, well, I mean, yeah, it must be to some extent. It's an orchestral thing though, so I guess. Whole orchestra? Yeah, I think so. Blimey. I know. I'm a little so bit worried now. So you've got covering five. There's other cellists there. I hope so. I really hope so. I don't know anything. I, if there's another cellist there, even if there's one other cellist there, it'll be fine. I'll be able to calm down. Yeah. If I get there and it's just me, there's problems potentially ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. You and, uh, you and a, <laughs> a, a violin and a horse. Just like... Somebody with coconuts making a horse sound. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's going to be great. Oh, um, good luck. But that's good. I mean, in a way, that's quite good because it means that I just have that in the back of my mind tonight. So I won't yeah. go to bed too late. I behave very well. Brilliant. There we are. Uh, well, I might not get this episode out before your gig tonight. <laughs> I think that's fair enough. In which case, <laughs> it's in the past. Yeah, it's it been and well. gone. And thanks. Me too. Me too. And where can people listen to that um, record? Oh, it's called A Brand New Sky and it's on all your favourite um, streaming services. I'm sure I it's like Apple Music. Yeah, I'll put it in the description. Why not? Chuck it yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's on Spotify as well. That's nice. People like that. Yeah. Tidal. <laughs> I wonder if it is on Tidal. I, mean, it I, I hope it is. That'd be great. I mean, it should be, shouldn't it? Yeah. And people can probably buy it as well. Yeah, you can. Look, I've even got a solid CD. I'm going to show it to you, so not so good CDs. for the listener. But look at that. Long time. I know. It's really old school, isn't it? It's not really. People don't have CD players, do they? No. But it's just because it's quite a nice thing to hold. Hmm. This is Put probably showing my age, isn't it? I do love a CD. <laughs> there we go. Oh, you're the CD generation. I am. Yeah. I'm the vinyl generation, and I'm not. Oh, God, can you hear the noise? Can you hear that noise? What is that? Is that Champagne Gardens? Oh, no, we've moved on. That is next door. That's Newport Road. Next door. Yeah. What are they doing? They're having a massive extension done. I'm so jealous. Oh, wow. It looks really great. (laughs) Well, a kitchen one. I think they're doing bathroom, potentially bathroom kitchen, the works. They've got a studio at the end of their garden now. Talking of which... Yeah. How's the studio? Oh, at yeah. the end it's of your get- garden. Yes, it is getting there. And I have a few things to do. I've got to put some floor in, but it's all been plastered, which is like that's amazing. Feels yeah. like a real room now. Um got to get some cladding? electrics in there. No cladding I haven't done yet. I should get on that though. That's kind of that seems like the more um that's kind of a uh, luxury thing, really, because it's just the aesthetics. Whereas, As I learned from you last time we chatted. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Am I repeating myself? No, no, you're not. As in, I, I mean, that's why I brought it up, because I was oh, so yeah. pleased that I now understand. Oh, yeah. good. <laughs> Bit of cladding, yeah. I'm trying yeah. to find some cheapish cladding that looks nice, because it's mm. so expensive. Oof. Or it's from Russia, which is probably not a good thing to use, well, that's is it? tricky, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, uh, gonna find some found some nice wood off uh, f- for the floor off eBay from like old school gyms and stuff. 
Oh, I think cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Might have some old like school dinners crammed into it. <laughs> yeah. Have things He's etched into it. Yeah. Mr. Reynolds is a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> what did Mr. Reynolds do to you? Oh, God, we're really digging deep. That's for another podcast. <laughs> and yeah so anyway it's, it's getting there i need to i need to draw some massive holes in the side of the wall which Ooh. i'm worried about i'm gonna get someone in to do that i'm, I'm not gonna do that like six inch holes got to build yeah. some air vents a bit worried about that oh god that does sound like um, a job for a, a specialist yeah i think so <laughs> so it, but it's um yeah it's really getting there i just just finding time to do it it's um it's tricky isn't it when you got well, like yeah little girl you gotta look after yeah, absolutely. I look forward to um, recording the first episode. We have to have somebody really spectacular. In Let's come to around do... and record our podcast in there. Yeah, well, the first time we use it for that. Oh, that's going to be great. Yeah. Who are we going to yeah. get? Tom Jones. Oh, somebody really special. Yeah. Yeah, Tom Jones, did you say? Yeah. That, that, would, be, that would be magnificent, wouldn't it? I'd love that. That's just reminded me, right? It's Henry's birthday next week. If I've shown you this already, apologies for repeating myself. But right, so Henry, I got sent, emailed um, a list of what he wants to do on his birthday. I'm just going to find it for you. I'm going to read it oh, to you. Yes. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Um, he, he's very specific about what he wants to do on his birthday, but get this, right? Here we go. Let me find it. Email entitled Henry's Birthday, 5 a.m., Lucky Charms and Orange Juice in bed, 5.30 a.m., Open Presents, 6 a.m., 6 a.m., call everybody and say thank you. (laughs) Sorry, Grandma. Um, (laughs) 7 a.m., get dressed in birthday cloths. I... (laughs) togas potentially um 8 a.m enjoy presents that's nice 9 a.m this is the this is what i'm getting to mystery person arrives in inverted commas so that's up to you then you could just choose someone <laughs> well i so i made the mistake of asking what that was um and he said oh yeah i would really like a celebrity to come round. oh a celebrity at 9 a.m in Leighton. If there's any, if you identify as a celebrity to any level in any capacity, would you please come round? <laughs> Nine a.m. Rick, Saturday Rick Ashton in. <laughs> yes, you dress up. <laughs> it's Father Christmas, Henry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, the list goes What's on. Next? It's a nightmare. What's next? Oh, you Is want it? more? Right. Yeah, okay. I so the, after the mystery person debacle. Which is it's just disappoint got disappointment written all over it. Um, ten AM movie, twelve AM. Now here we're going back in time, it seems. Big Mac burger for lunch. Two AM bowling. Four AM cake in brackets, chocolate cake. Five AM pizza for dinner. Six AM, yet another we're, movie. We're AM again. Yeah, that's what it means. So from twelve <laughs> oh, no, it's never ending. T- We've time travel in a loop. Uh, yeah, 6 a.m., yet another movie. 8 a.m., family board game. And then 9 a.m., my personal favourite, aggressive talk about who has to pay. I don't know what for or who's having this chat, but there we are. And then 10 a.m. Well, he's going to pay for it, surely. <laughs> yes, he, he, he is. He's not going to let you pay. He's going to be paying for his whole, this for his whole life, I think. And then and what 10 a.m. you off to bed? Bedtime. 10 a.m. <laughs> 10 a.m. <laughs> oh, he'll be tired by then. Well, we're all going to be exhausted because we've done two full days. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, well, good luck with that. When, when's that? 
That's the 8th of October, so that it will be in in the future. Please, (laughs) any celebrities out there on that day, come to Leighton. Um, Well, that's probably a great place to leave this episode. I'd say. And um, if you've enjoyed it, tell your friends, uh, share it on your um, on your socials. Some of yeah, you, that's um, great. maybe there's some musical theatre fans listening out today, listening. So thanks for joining us today. If you stayed to the end of this bit, well, maybe maybe you like our jib. Yeah, the, the cut of cut our of jib. <laughs> uh, well, stay, stay, subscribe, and uh, listen to next week's. Yeah. Um, we've, got, we've got lots of other musical theatre with people we talk to, haven't we? Yeah, bags. Go back through them. Laura Baldwin. Yeah. Uh, Hector Rivera. Oh, yeah. Springs to mind. Can't think of any more. I can. <laughs> you can. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Rodney Vuvia. Oh, yeah. And that's um, just on the um, on the stagey side of things, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Got... Laura Bangay. Yeah. Musical theatre director. No, what am I saying? Musical director. Musical director. <laughs> Alan Williams. In musical theatre. Alan Williams. Hugh Evans. Hugh Evans, musical director. Yeah. So, yeah, quite a lot, actually. Yeah. Uh, we talked to Chris Augustine a while back. He oh, plays he trombone in Frozen now. But back then he didn't. But now he does and he loves it. Oh, I mean, yeah, he really does. I saw him the other day. He was wearing his Frozen hoodie. He stays on message all the time. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he's loving life. <laughs> That's great. So there we go. Uh, musical theatre stuff. There'll be there'll be more people in the future as well. So because uh, we we like we like a bit of musical theatre, don't we? Oh yeah, we do like it. It's great, yeah. isn't it? it I reckon is great. we can get a load more. Oh, Doug Besterman. <laughs> oh God, of course. We we just spoke to him. Amazing Broadway uh, arranger, orchestrator, and we we're trying to get Charlie Stemp, aren't we? Yeah, we are. I need to try a little bit harder about that, <laughs> i.e. send an email. <laughs> we'll see if he's around he next week. He was very week, willing so. in the summer. Oh, yeah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> We've got somebody. We're seeing somebody on Monday, aren't we? Who's oh, yeah. Vaguely music theatre. That's true. Yeah. Should we say who it is? In a looser sense. No, yeah. let's save that one no. back, I reckon. Okay, we'll save, we'll save I it. I think we'll save right. that one. We've given them things musicians don't talk about already. That's true. That's Come true. on. <laughs> all right um well have a great uh, couple of weeks everyone we'll see you again um so bye bye Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 